I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer of Mavs.com, constantly mocking me during the intros. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, so Rick made a, a Nerlens statement to me at practice the other day, and our loyal listeners know <laughs> the feud between Rick and I about Nerlens. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, very first day of training camp is Saturday morning, first practice. Let me just give you this. Practice starts at 9.30. Oh, media, yeah. Media availability is supposed, supposed to, be to be at 11. It's supposed to be. It's 12.30. Yeah, Isaac They're texts still me at doing drills. He texts me at 12.10. They're still in practice. Like, literally, like, they're still doing drills and stuff. So, whatever you want to make about this extra long practice, the very first day of training camp... Um, whatever you want to say that to they, that. They did that last year too, though, by the way. Yeah, and they're going to – I think they let out probably an hour late again today too. So I think I got out of church and I saw like they just now went <laughs> or started talking to yeah, people. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, um, we talked to you know, we talked to Rick and I think we, we talked to Wesley Matthews, which, by the way, Wes looks amazing. Like not – you know what I'm saying. But like <laughs> – Wait, in what way? <laughs> Wes looks like he looks like in the in best shape? best shape that oh, yeah. he has been since he has gotten here. And he, said he lost five pounds. Said he leaned down. Oh, I think he lost more than five. He like you can tell it in his face. You can tell it in his just his body. Like his like, and he's fully healthy. These last two years were so tough on him, man. I, I would yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like in some kind of depression after last. Like he he was just in. It just seemed like he was not. You know. Right, enjoy the life. last couple. Of, yeah, just in general, like the last couple of years. Um, but anyway, so we talked to Wes, we talked to uh, Rick Carlisle, and afterwards, Rick uh, stayed and uh, chatted with a, a group of us for a little bit and uh, chatted about different things. Uh, but one of the things that Rick is sitting there and he's kind of just like looking around a group and he locks eyes with me. He looks at me and he's like, "Hey." I'm like, hey. Uh, he goes, what are you going to do this year without Nerlens being around? It's like, oh, gosh. You're the Nerlens guy. And I start cracking up, and then I just made a joke back. I was like, I was going to ask you a question about Nerlens on media day, but and uh, we we both just kind of – I laughed more than he laughed, obviously. And, uh, he doesn't he laugh. Just, he just kind of uh, smirked a little bit. and uh, It's like a so Belichick anyway. laugh. I mean, just the fact that he came back and talked to us was a big move for Rick. Um, Rick's a very, very joyful. I need to speak highly. The thing Rick. is, though, I think we're going to get a better Rick this year because I think he's going to be actually excited to coach a team that's going to be at least a little bit relevant. Yeah, and he's got. I mean, Luca's going to be really fun for him to uh, tinker around with in lineups oh, man. and all he's that. He's going to be so. He's going to love him so much. But so anyway, it was a as a cool first day of practice and. Uh, yeah, the, if I if I had one takeaway from the very first day of practice and from just like talking to some people and just whatever, and what is something Wes said 
in his in his like um, media stuff is saying that he is he's work he's really working on extending his range, and that he is really trying to shoot uh, extend his range a couple feet behind the three point line, and it's you really when you start I mean this is more of a West like preview bot but like like what Ryan Anderson and someone for the Rockets did last year like Eric Gordon stuff that just gives you more space to for your playmakers to do your thing and it was just very intriguing it was a little subtle thing that he uh threw in there that he's extending his range and stuff because he's going to get a lot more open shots this year so yeah anyway it's it's exciting especially if you can get on board with wesley matthews you know possibly having his best season in dallas then you look across the board at that point i'm like man this is gonna be fun and one of the reasons why Wes Matthews is going to have one of his best years in Dallas is the subject of our podcast today. We are doing the preview of Luka Doncic. Uh, we did these last year. I think I did these with every single Mavs Moneyball writer that wrote these um, these previews for Mavs Moneyball. And we're going to format them the exact same as we did last year, but we're going to do them with me and Isaac this year. Uh, because I don't want to try to call all of them and try to figure out all their schedules. Because some of them live in different countries. <laughs> Um, we're going to do them like this biggest question. So we'll go through each player. We'll talk about what's the biggest question to me. This is just the biggest storyline. You know, what is the biggest thing surrounding this player? What is, you know, the burning question or whatever like that. Um, we'll also do best case and worst case scenarios. So we'll go through them. We'll talk about these players and, um, you know, what, a what the ultimate season would look like for them or what the worst case scenario season would look like for them. What accolades could they get? What, you know, uh, what could become of them? Could they be traded? Could they be waived? You know, there's just certain things with different players. Now, obviously, neither of those things will happen with the guy we're talking about today. But um, that could be a worst-case scenario. The guy just, you know, falls off the roster or doesn't make the roster. You know, there's certain guys we're going to talk about that might not make the roster. Um, most of them that we talk about will, we think. Um, so we're going to talk about that. And today we're hitting Luka Doncic, the wonder boy himself. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Isaac. What is the biggest question about Luka Doncic this season? I think it comes down to a couple of different things with Luka, but if we're going to if if I have to pick one, it was you do. one and I do. It was one that a bunch of us um media people were talking about before practice opened on that first day of training camp and just um how Rick worded some things in media day and I think it comes down to the biggest question around Luca this season for me is can he defend on the perimeter? And it's just when Rick was talked about the starting lineup uh, at media day and stuff, there is a reason why uh, Luca is being listed right now as the starting four. And that is <laughs> because Wesley is going to guard the best perimeter player. Yeah. Then, then Harrison and then putting Luca at that four spot because you don't want Luca to be isolated, and that's my whole thing of how good of a defender can Luca be this year, and can he defend on the perimeter? How much will he be isolated out and sought after um, when it comes to switches? And that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna be watching a lot of at the very beginning, and. Who who will teams target in pick and roll switches? DeAndre or Luca? Luca, DeAndre, or Dennis? True, but I think it will come down to Luca or DeAndre. And if teams are picking Luca over DeAndre, 
you know what they're thinking and so that's where you want to see um and it's just really hard it's 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 impossible to say at this point how he's going to be with that because that was one of his biggest question marks coming into the draft is his athletic ability and just his ability to defend on the perimeter and just all this different stuff and shuffling his feet, moving his feet with these high class, these athletes. Um, because the NBA, I mean, that's the biggest difference between the NBA and EuroLeague and is this just these elite athletes uh, that Luca's going going to have to go against? And just just because they put Luca at the four, we all know that doesn't mean that he's not going to be getting switched off. The best centers in the league. That's it puts centers off the court sometimes because they can't do these high pick and rolls. So when they play the Warriors, when they play the Rockets, is James Harden going to be calling up for PJ Tucker or somebody whoever Luka Doncic is guarding and saying, "Hey, let's switch him out," and then getting Luka in the open court and then doing his thing? Can Luka defend on the perimeter? Can he hold his ground? That's my biggest question for Luca. It's a good question. It's definitely a, a warranted and needed question. The thing about you know putting Luca in ISOs is you you do have now DeAndre Jordan behind him, you know, defending him. So I think he's got that safety net that I think he can, you know, take a you know a few more chances, and he's going to be able to not be as as pressured because what if you know this team was different and you had Dirk behind him, <laughs> you know, yeah. instead of DeAndre. This could be a whole different scenario. So to me, that isn't the biggest question. I did think about I, that. Can I? I want to comment on that. I had that as my last sentence on my notes in this, and it says helps that DeAndre is there because yeah. that's be- that's become uh, become a a storyline in itself that you'll probably see a story on of in that Rick has said he's like, hey, I don't want us to because I think it was Eddie Sefko that already asked, hey, well, will having DeAndre in the paint. Which it's not like DeAndre's some crazy shot blocker like Rudy Gobert, but well, having DeAndre in the paint help our uh, you know the perimeter defense and stuff. And Rick, Rick at first was like, "Hey, I don't want them to think that hey we can just let anything go because we got DeAndre back there as this like security blanket." But it does help. One of the first questions of Wesley Matthews at his media session at the uh, first day of training camp was about that. And Wes joked about that first practice. He said, "Man, I reached like heck today." Because he he knew that <laughs> it's like, so funny when they do these practice things. You, the coach comes and then you get a player, and it's funny to hear like sometimes they they don't get to talk between, so they get to contrast yeah. each other sometimes. <laughs> like yeah, so things. for like somebody like Rick is just like, well, I don't want him to like us. And, and Wes is like, man, I'm reaching reach. everything, <laughs> and he's like I got the DeAndre best defender on the there. team. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, to counter to counter everything I said about can Luca defend on the perimeter, it does help. And that's where if you are um, really worried about Luca on the perimeter, uh, you can still be worried because I think it will uh, be brought to light a little bit. And it, I'll be interested just to see how he can defend on the perimeter. But, man, it does help having somebody like DeAndre Jordan behind him to where if those players do get past him, uh, DeAndre will be there waiting. And the idea that like, he is going to get switched a little bit. But sometimes, you know, uh, he, has two, he has two better defensive players on the wing with him as well so he's not going to get the initial you know assignment guarding you know some like lebron or kd you know or even like Giannis. if there is a certain four you know that is that needs to be guarded that is certain that is really really good harrison martin's probably going to get him (laughs) you know yeah and can can we just all like pump our brakes for within the first three weeks 
of the NBA season and Luka gets switched off on like James Harden or you name it and they do a dribble move and Luka slides a little bit or something and it's just him adjusting to this fast-paced NBA and everybody's freaking out. Everybody's posting the gifts and the memes and saying, welcome to the NBA or this isn't the EuroLeague anymore. Like, that's going to happen. You, I told you, EuroLeague is trash. <laughs> exactly. I told you, it's not the second best league in the world. Slow feet is slow feet, Isaac. <laughs> Mavs fans, Isaac, it's going to happen. And just to say, it's it's <laughs> okay. It's perfectly fine. Just laugh it off and be like, wow, okay, yeah, he's going to get better. Like, it's just part of it. It's going to happen. Like, it's it's inevitable. It right. happens to everybody for sure, but it's going to happen, you know, to him. So it just, just chill. I'm not going to say it's happening five times a game, but it's bound to happen at some point, and people are going to make the biggest deal about it. By the way, we saw that guy. I think it was something Phillips post the video of Luca. I know that went around Mavs Twitter a lot and it was circulating around Luca in practice. I don't know how this dude ended up with this video from practice. Like this is that was like a legit that was like a legit coach's video where they take like video of practice. Like he got that from some you know, from somebody inside the organization and he posted it to Twitter and said, "Look at this, slow feet is slow feet." And that's what it kind of was making fun of. And you know, Luca was guarding Dennis and Dennis crossed him over and you know, drove into the paint and completely, you know, like finished him <laughs> essentially and drove right by him and he's like, "Look at this." He you know, so you know, slow feet is slow feet in the NBA, and it doesn't matter. This guy's not going to translate. Everybody needs to slow up on this guy. Uh, so we've even seen it already, you know, in training camp, and just one video that some guy pulled from out, from out of nowhere. So it is going to happen. Um, it's okay for him to just be a rookie, you know? Exactly. He's yeah. just going to be a rookie, and he's going to have to learn the speed of the NBA game. That's kind of That's probably going to be the biggest thing for him. Yeah. You know, and speed is it something is. that he struggles with. No matter how much he tries or works at it or gets better at it, you know? And it'll be perfectly fine, but it's just, it's that the perimeter defense is, that's why it's my biggest question of how good will he be right off the bat? And then we know wherever he's at, he's he's going to get better at it. So just give him time with that. All right. My biggest question coincides with that a little bit. I think it looks, it takes a broader perspective and I think it looks at, the idea of we're saying what we just said, it's fine that he's, you know, slow. It's fine that he's just a rookie. It's fine that he's going to struggle in that area. But my question has to do with how fine is it? And why are we, why are some people thinking that it's not fine for him to deal with that? And we'll talk about that question right after this. All right, Isaac, my question, my biggest question for Luka Doncic is just how good. How good is he going to be? Because that is going to... He honestly is the catalyst for this whole season. <laughs> because if yeah. Luka Doncic is good, if Luka Doncic comes in and he's really good, and we're going to talk about his best case scenario, if he comes in and he's really good, like he's a Ben Simmons level good, where he comes in and it automatically translates. He is like an almost all-star level player. If he is that good, the Mavericks are, are, are close to the playoffs, if not in the playoffs. Especially if a team like the Timberwolves falls off with Jimmy Butler leaving, and if we get some injuries from other teams, like, like things are it, Jimmy's gonna, leaving. If we get some things, <laughs> hey, if Glenn Taylor has anything to do about it, the owner of the Timberwolves, <laughs> he's gonna be out of there. If if Luca is that good, then this Mavericks season is completely different. If he's gonna struggle last year, like Dennis did a little bit, and you know if he, if he's gonna play closer to that level, 
then the season's going to be completely different. And then maybe the Mavericks are closer to, you know, definitely closer to the top of the lottery than they are to the playoffs. That's my question. How good is Luka Doncic going to be? Defense is part of that, but I think also just his offensive game too. I love that you use Ben Simmons because that was the one name I have on a bunch of comparisons coming up. Um, When I looked across the league and just looking at, I look for different duos um, just over the past couple years of like point guards and guys like and like Luca, and then just looking at players that are are similar to Luca, um, just coming in and what I think Luca's stat line will be kind of uh, looking like for this season. And Ben Simmons is who I landed on ultimately, and it's funny that you use that. So we'll talk. I want to talk more about that in a little bit when it comes to like best and worst case scenarios, but. When it comes to how good Luke is going to be right off the bat, there are a few things that there are a few things that we expect to be great from the very beginning. I expect like we could, I mean, he could have ten assists his very first game, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Right, like his playmaking will translate immediately. That's what you keep. You imagine if Luke has a triple double his first game? Oh, that'd be crazy. Um, but like. That is something that you continuously hear being praised and like all that different stuff is his playmaking and all that. His shot was questioned to Rick Carlisle uh, on Saturday after the first day. And Rick said, hey, what I've seen in the past two weeks, he's an excellent shooter. And so like just his playmaking ability alone of finding the right person, of knowing when to make decisions, of who to pass it to, getting down the court, getting the shots up in the paint, because his touch in the paint is just unbelievable uh, with his like floaters and different moves he has and stuff like that. So that stuff, I have no doubt that will translate immediately. It is the perimeter, you know, wing defense. That's what I'm super intrigued about. And I want to know how consistent he's going. I want to see how consistent this shot will be. And in a different type of, he will be a primary playmaker with Dennis Smith Jr., but there will be a little bit more options now. I mean, it's not a diss towards Real Madrid. Uh, Real Madrid had their options, and they had other good players around him. But just that they are, there is Harrison Barnes, there is Dennis Smith Jr., uh, there's still DeAndre catching lobs and Dirk coming in. Like There are just a ton of options and how that might affect his shooting percentages and how he's going to look of he's finally had a break. Like, we talked about the break he's been on and people talking about all shape, him being out of shape and all this different stuff. He finally had a break from like draft time up until like two weeks ago. He probably needed where, that break. Sometimes yeah, you need to get fat a, break. a little bit. So like him just getting back to that. And so, yeah, and he is beyond ready to finally uh, actually play some basketball. And I think he told somebody the other day where he's just like on media day of like, Man, I'm just I'm tired of talking. He said a couple. I know he said it a couple times. I'm tired of like I'm just ready to get on the basketball court at this point. So honestly, Luca, we're tired of you talking too. <laughs> we're ready. To I'm see ready you to play. see this guy, man. We've been talking about Luca Doncic since January, right? In a serious yeah. manner, we've been talking about him, wishing, hoping, dreaming. You know, imagining him being on the Mavericks, hoping that he would be on the Mavericks. Kirk serious face standing for him to be on the Mavericks. <laughs> now it's real. Now we're getting ever closer. Man, the, fir- the we're going to get to see him this Saturday or this Friday. 
right? This Saturday. This Saturday, yeah. This Saturday. If you're listening to this on a Monday, five days. And you know, five we were joking. Days. We were joking about this at Media Day. Some some of us reporters, and I was like, you know what's going to happen? They're going to come out here. They're going to play their thing. Lucas going to have some highlights, and, and everybody's going to be like. I mean, it's the Beijing Ducks. I mean, it's not even NBA, okay? Like, <laughs> they don't even have their best player. He's on the Mavericks. <laughs> Let's slow down a little bit. I don't even I mean, know if Ding on. was on the Ducks. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> Some dumb so, person uh, will say that, like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's just the fact that, like, it's not an NBA team, so people will say, hey, slow down. It's no big deal. And then he'll do something crazy and, like, a preseason game and be like, oh, it's the preseason. Just, like, slow down a little It'll bit. Be like it's the, the summer league people. No, but anyway, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, so, so to to bring my question full circle, how good is he going to be? You know, those are the two things I think that are are going to do matter. Um, as far as what Isaac said with his defense and his shooting, his shooting is going to take him to the next level. I don't care so much about the defense as far as how good he's going to be because that was already questioned. You know, that was already in question. That's just not part of his profile. That's not part of his scouting report. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not what's gonna that's not what makes Luka Doncic an excellent prospect and player. What makes Luka Doncic an excellent prospect and player is what's gonna take him to that next level and take him to the level that we think he can get to. The shooting has to be excellent, like Rick Carlisle said. The passing has to be, you know, otherworldly. He has to be, you know, an incredible passer. And um yeah, just the playmaking and, and rebounding and taking the ball and rebounding the ball and taking it coast to coast and finding an open man, finding Dennis Jr. streaking down the floor, opening up that the game for everybody. Uh, I mean, the, the Lakers fans were, were going crazy about how what Lonzo was going to do for their offense. And Luke Walton talked a lot about what Lonzo does because he's such a quick passer and he throws the outlet passes so quick and that helps the offense, you know, flow and move and, and get going. And I think Luke is going to do that exact thing. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking today: is there will there be any type of situation like Steve Nash with Don Nelson when Nash first came over, to where Nash was just wanting to pass the ball, and Don what what Skin Way told us of like joking around that that Don told Steve, "Hey, I'm going to find you if you don't shoot it at least ten times a game," because Steve is just all about passing, yeah. getting everyone involved and stuff like that. I wonder how gun shy. Uh, Luca will be uh, when he first gets going and that's what when it comes into I think one of the hardest things to predict with Luca is like how many points is he going to average this year and yeah. like looking in so looking in the last year Harrison Barnes was the leading scorer of the team at 19 points a game after that you're looking at Dennis Dennis that was at 15 and then you had two people at 12 you had Wes and Dirk at 12 points you know each where will Luca fall into that, and and where is like acceptable? So we talked about Ben Simmons. This this is a good question. This is a great question. Um, I think the the pace of the team is going to to greatly change this year. Last year the the Mavericks were twenty sixth in the NBA in pace, and I think the the pace of this team is definitely going to increase. The move from Dirk moving to the bench definitely signals that 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 sends up the bat signal to me that um yeah the, the mavericks are going to try to to finally play faster they've been talking about this for years it feels like and, yeah uh, they're finally going to be able to do it from the jump and uh and this that's going to greatly affect the, the points per the, the you know counting points per game anyway because look at 
look at the stat line of Ben Simmons. And when you look at like Ben Simmons compared to like Donovan Mitchell, and Mitchell's averaging 20 points a game or something like that, and people's like, oh my gosh, Donovan Mitchell. And then you look at Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons averaged 15.8 points a game last year and won the rookie of the year. But he also averaged eight rebounds and eight assists a game. Yeah, and was an excellent defensive player. How close to that will Luka get? And that's why the game of Ben Simmons, uh, I think, will is the closest that we have to really think about when it comes to Luka's role for next season. And really going forward is this. And really, I think, ultimately, Markel Fultz, the role they want is for Philly is the kind of what Dallas wants for Dennis Smith Jr. Like yeah. in, 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 in a theoretical world of this, like the secondary playmaker that can play the wing, but do pick and roll and stuff too. And like all this stuff, like you could see some really weird similarities with that, except just Dallas doesn't have their Joel Embiid. So we can't be the, the Philly of the West. If you combined but, Harrison Barnes and Deandre Jordan, how close to Joel Embiid do you get? <laughs> could you get, um, <laughs> But no, so like when looking at that, how close how close to that stat line could you get? Not we're not looking at shooting percentages, yeah. Uh, because obviously, I mean, he shot zero percent from three three like Ben Simmons did last year. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so Luca's obviously going to shoot you know more threes and you know hit more threes and all this different stuff. So sixteen points a game over under for Luca Doncic. Gosh. That that will be the hardest point. So Dennis averaged fifteen last year. Harrison nineteen. Will Will Luca average over sixteen? And that's the that's the line right there. I, I'm. It's super difficult because I think he will get the assist. I think he will match the assist that Ben Simmons had of eight, averaging eight a game. Yeah, like what did Lon- Lonzo had like seven last year or something like that? I, I struggle with Luka's him matching. Lonzo, you know? Yeah, I struggle with him matching the rebounds. That's my that's my one. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. Especially with De- DeAndre's gonna get like fifteen boards a game. You know, he's he's taking a lot of those too. Yes. DeAndre Jordan could very well lead the league in rebounding next year. Sure. Again. Um, but yeah, so like that's my thing. That's where I hover around the, the stat line of for me, if we're projecting a stat line for Luka Doncic next year, I'm hovering around sixteen points a game, uh eight eight assists and like six rebounds. That's I'd sign up for that, hundred percent. Yeah, sixteen, eight, and six. That's what I'm like leaning towards at the moment. But but then again, you ask yourself: Ben Simmons averaged sixteen points a game without attempting a three pointer. Where does yeah, Luca? You, you add two threes to that. <laughs> that's, where that's does Luca, Luca fall in? Where does Luca fall into that? Um, you know, will Luca drive and get to the basket just as much as Ben Simmons did? He's you not know, going to be as, as effective as Ben Simmons. So. Yeah. So, like, how does that work? You know, will they will they offset each other because Luca is going to be shooting threes and Ben didn't? And uh, there's just a lot of stuff you know that goes into that. Ben Simmons averaged 12 shots a game. Will Luca will Luca shoot the ball 12 shots 12 times a game? That's going to be very interesting. I'm I'm really intrigued of how Luca is going to because Luca is such a pass first, such a you know he wants to get the team involved and he's going to want to be throwing the lobs to DeAndre. He's going to want to hit the you know, hit Harrison and find Wesley on the wing and you know work his you know magic and stuff with Dennis and all that stuff to where there's going to be times to where we're going to be like and Rick's going to be doing the same thing. Shoot the ball like shoot yeah. it instead of trying to get that extra pass in and. 
but that's a good problem to have. I mean, that's I would much rather have something like that compared to him rolling up in there shooting 36 times a game and, you know, making... if you start if you start to question how many shots a game Luka's going to get. You look at last year, the team last year, and you know these numbers are going to go up because of, you know, like I said with the pace. But Harrison Barnes 15.7, Dennis 14.8, West 11, JJ 10, Dirk 10, Yogi 8.9, and then like Doug McDermott, Devin Harris 6 something. You start looking at those, like how many shots per game. Luca's definitely getting double-digit shots, right? See if he takes them. Like that's what I think. That's what the I think the Mavericks want him to get double-digit shots. Is just I if he's in that primary playmaker role, he has the he he just has this uncanny just like ability and like I mean you can't hear it praised enough over these past couple days. From he has eyes in the back of his head, some of the passes he's pulling off in these scrimmages, like that has been the biggest talk is his playmaking ability in these scrimmages that's been going on. And in his mind, if he's like, hey, if I can get run a pick and roll, you gotta remember, like in at Real Madrid, I mean, in he's in the pick and roll ball hander on synergy, he was in the excellent rating. Like they scored eighty four percent of the time. Whenever I mean, where he was eighty four percent rank in in pick and roll ball handlers and in their league over there. Like the stuff that the points per possession over there at point nine. Every time he was a a pick and roll ball handler. I mean, come on, like get him in the pick and roll, get him in the open court in transition, get him you know breaking people off the dribble. He's going to find the open man. Like that is just a given. So like that's my thing is. If he's gonna find the open man, we hope he averages over ten shots a game. I hope he does. But in his mind, out right off the bat, it's like, hey, why, why shoot it if I can find open people, get people open shots left and right? That's that's gonna be to where if you're winning ball games, does it matter or does it? You know, like if you own him in fantasy, it definitely does. <laughs> yeah. When we come back, we're going to tie this all together, talk about the best case and worst case scenario for Luka Doncic. All right, Isaac, let's do this first because it's not as fun. Worst case scenario for Luka Doncic. Let's say all these things that we talk about, what are the things that have to go really wrong for it to be a worst case scenario? And this is realistic. This is not like Markel Fultz. <laughs> you know, like Markel Fultz situation. He how to shoot. If, yeah, if we, did a, if we did that for the Sixers last year, we would never have guessed that, but that was the worst guess, the worst case scenario. And we guessed that that could happen to anybody, but it's, you know, it's only happened once, you know? So that's not what we're talking about. A realistic worst case scenario to me, I think the slowness really slows him down. He gets exploited all the time. He's getting, you know, almost run off the court on defense. Now he's, he's still going to stay on the court because offensively he's just going to be, you know, still very good and effective but you could just tell that it's 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 hurting the team on defense a lot um he gets bullied he either gets you know blown by or bullied or both you know uh, on defense we just see him get exploited and then the shot takes a lot of time to translate where we see we've seen guys come over you know come from overseas we saw maxi kleba last year struggle with you know shooting he was an excellent three-point shooter you know, overseas and he comes here and he struggles with the you know the length of the three point line and why well, I don't think Dennis is gonna <laughs> struggle with the length but um or I don't think Luca's gonna struggle with the length but if his shot takes a little time to translate um then I think that's that's a worst case scenario where he's just not an effective shooter he's kind of just a passer on offense 
You know, like that's that yeah. would be the only thing. I don't think worst case scenario. I don't even think that his off his his passing is you know bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's just such a big skill for him. Worst case scenario, he turns into a Jabari slash Rondo mix. <laughs> Interesting, like, like old Rondo or like a like when you like so worst case scenario, he gets completely exploited on the defensive end, like and he is singled out like a Jabari Parker. Yeah, you know a wing, a big, you know, six eight wing that, you know, he it's just difficult. Like they, I mean, they find ways to attack him. They get him in pick and rolls and all this stuff, and that he just doesn't. He takes a while to catch up. It takes like his whole rookie year to catch up to that. If there is a catching up, um, the thing about when, that though is like James Harden did that and was like second in MVP voting a year when he was, <laughs> was exploited that way all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like the. That's what's hard about that's what's hard about this scenario is like even if he is terrible defensively, how much does that matter? Because you can do things, you can hide him, you can, you know, do certain things like they did with James Harden to, you know, James Harden eventually stepped up his defense and that's when he won MVP, but you know, how much does that really matter? Yeah, the and like they're gonna score. The last thing I wanna do is stay here and like take up for James Harden and like say something negative about Luca. But like <laughs> but like James Harden can score score thirty a game. I'm not for sure Luca can step in day one and score 30 a game. But could so like, he be responsible for 30 a game? Yeah, yeah. I, I, for sure, that that point for sure. But James Harden is super, super bad on defense. But there was a um, some other things made up for that. So like, oh, for sure, for sure. I see. I see. It, like the catch and shoot thing last year at Real Madrid, unguarded. He shot he shot thirty one percent on catch and shoot. Guarded he shot thirty three percent. That's so weird. This is in the synergy world. Uh, this is a good rating and a below average rating. How many? Uh, to, what does that say? How many attempts he took, like per game or anything? Um, he had um, thirty nine possessions in which he shot a guarded uh, catch and shoot shot, and he had fifty nine possessions in which he shot an unguarded catch and shoot shot. Okay, and that is what we call in the business a small sample size. <laughs> <laughs> but but still, but still, I mean, there's fifty seven percent, fifty seven possessions, and he, you know, so like the inconsistent shot was something that was brought up a lot in you know pre draft stuff. And if if we're, I mean, we're just talking about worst case scenario. Yeah, worst case scenario, he gets singled out defensively, and it's it's like unbearable. Two, his his just shot just doesn't translate as far as like right off the bat and like his catch and shoot stuff to where like he it's just not going down consistently. The fit next to Dennis is super weird. It takes a whole season to figure yeah. out and it doesn't maximize Dennis's game and all this stuff. We missed the play. I'm going like big picture <laughs> worst <laughs> worst yeah, well, case. We said he's the catalyst for the season. We missed the playoffs, and we're not like bottom five bad, but we're not like even in like contention. We're like right there hovering like in that no man's land, and it's like oh man, like even if you're fighting towards the end for like an eighth spot, like there's still like a lot of games that matter, you know, like to where it's like oh man, this game matters. This is a hype game. Like we need yeah, this like game. Yeah, like Denver last year. Yeah, there's th- there's games that like matter, and you learn a lot from them. But if you're in that no man's zone of like. And, you know, we don't have our pick and, like, all this different stuff. And then, lastly, you know, he doesn't win rookie of the like year. Like the Clippers we're talking, last we're, year. 
Yeah, the Clippers last year. So we're talking worst case scenario. Uh, all of those things happen, and we're like all crying and stuff, and <laughs> it's just like this is horrible. Uh, but if that's not really bad. I will cry. We uh, we don't think any of that stuff's gonna happen. Somebody just turned into the pod right at that moment and be like, "Holy crap!" They just went down this crazy bad road. <laughs> I don't think it works like that. I think you have to start a podcast from the beginning. I don't think That's I've ever true. started. I don't think I've ever started a podcast in the middle. Now, when we do the live stream, which, by the way, thank you for all the people that reached out about our live stream um, that we did on Friday. We're gonna try to do that once a week. We've got a lot of things to figure out. I have a lot of things on the technical side to try to figure out because the video is obviously super choppy. But thanks to everybody that that you know reached out about the live stream. We're gonna try to do that once a week. Yeah, it was fun. There's people who wrote us right after and said, "Hey, we just I just missed it." Uh, Hopefully you do it again. So that was cool. And uh, yeah, if you want to try to watch it, it's on my YouTube channel, uh, Nick Angstead, and it's on my Twitch channel, Nick Van Exit. It's also on my, uh, it's on my Periscope. And if you want to just search through my tweets, there's a video of it as well. Um, we're still figuring all that out, but yeah, I thought it was really, really good. But um, all right, let's finish this off on a high note for sure. Best case scenario, Luka Doncic. To me. This is tough. Best case scenario, I think Luka Doncic is an all-star. Oh, go. Oh, Rick Car- Okay. Do you know who Monte Ellis is, right? Monte? That name sounds familiar. You know Monte Ellis, two-racket tennis player kind of guy? <laughs> that currently lives in Dallas. Monte yeah. Ellis was like... You know, he was pretty good, and then he just had the you know these moments with the Warriors where he kind of tailed off. He went to Milwaukee, and he, you know, was a volume scorer and kind of nothing more. Monte came to to the Mavericks and became like a really good offensive player, <laughs> and was very effective when we didn't think that, that was possible anymore for him. <laughs> he became part of like a winning team. If Rick Carlisle can do that with Monte Ellis. <laughs> And if Rick Carlisle can, you know, create these effective lineups, and Rick Carlisle is a wizard. If he can do that with Monte Ellis, I think he could do that with Luka Doncic, you know, tenfold. And I think that if the Mavericks are sniffing the playoffs, if they're super exciting, if he gets, you know, a lot of fan votes, if uh, which by the way, we're gonna we're gonna work real hard. <laughs> we're gonna oh. work real hard. Y'all just get ready for that. Yeah, get get ready for that. <laughs> and if if he's in the you know twenty six and eight category you know 20 points a game six boards and eight assists that's like that's up there you know there's not many players that can do that and that are doing that you're talking about like these are the players i think that did that last year it's like lebron Giannis, westbrook harden i think that's it like it's just there's just not many players that can compile stats like that with twenty points a game, six boards, and eight assists. Now somebody will go on basketball reference and prove me wrong on that, but there's just not a lot of players. That's my main point. If he does that and he's he comes out and he just, you know, is, has the highlights and the Mavericks are relevant again and you know, he could get some some love in that area. He could be an I think he could be an all star, best case scenario. Whereas I, I wouldn't have said that with Dennis. I would say that about Luka Doncic. I want to go that far, but I just can't go that far. Not in the West. How how no. dare you? With, with LeBron back, you know, here now. I know, but they're um, losing Jimmy Butler. They got DeRozan. 
And DeRozan's not gonna make the All Star team in the West. I don't know. He was a, he was an All NBA player last year. Yeah. The West is just still stat. Like he's gonna he would have to beat out somebody like a Clay Thompson, and, you know, a Lamarcus Aldridge, um, stuff like that, which he very well could. Um, but. Well, he's also very this well. the other thing. There's going to be such a narrative around him, though. He's the young, exciting guy. I know it's hard for rookies to make the All Star team, but like Ben Simmons didn't make the rookie, didn't make the All Star team last year as a, in the East, and he was having a very stellar season. So I don't want to put a hamper on that. It's just it would it would very I think we could see uh, Luke will definitely be in the Rising Stars game. Heck, put him in the Skills Challenge. All right. And <laughs> no, uh, who cares? <laughs> what Dennis Smith Jr. not doing the dunk contest in North Carolina? He uh, is not doing that. But anyway, with Luca, my best case scenario is a couple different things. He's an av- he's at least an average defender. Like I don't have my defensive metrics in front of me, and nor did I like <laughs> I did not research this or anything. So like people can just you know grill me, but. Like somebody like a DeMar DeRozan, Marco Bellinelli. Like guys that you're not going to say, hey, go guard the best player and lock down. But they're not guys that are like singled out either on the perimeter. Like like you're trying to get into the switch because you know you always have an advantage over. Like best case scenario that he is in, he is in like a defender that can hold his own ground. Like I don't think he'll ever, he'll, he'll never be like Kawhi Leonard or like something like that. But just somebody that can hold his ground and not be singled out on the perimeter. Um, I was saying, well, best case scenario is like a Ben Simmons stat line, somewhere along those lines. Uh, he fits with Dennis Smith Jr. this first year, kind of like Nick and I vary on this as far as Nick likes the James Harden, Chris Paul comparison more than I say LeBron Kyrie. And my hope is, my hope is it it is a or a best case scenario he fits with Dennis like a LeBron Kyrie type of situation, and obviously best case scenario he wins Rookie of the Year. Um, best case scenario they sneak yeah, that goes into the pl- saying by the way if he's an All Star he's, ro- yeah, he's Rookie of the Year <laughs> for, for <my>. sure. Um, <laughs> uh, best case scenario they sneak into the playoffs as uh, one of those seeds through there. Question. And they beat the Warriors just like the Mavericks beat, beat the Warriors. And they finally get the 1-8 matchup that finally oh, the gosh. redemption for Dirk. It's his last season. He goes out by beating the Warriors in the first round. That's how he goes out. That's the best case scenario. That's what Isaac just said. They, they just put a, a statue the We Believe Mavericks. <laughs> are people ready um, for the We Believe Mavericks? I don't think they are. Is it? I don't know if this is hot takers or not. It's probably not a hot take or anything. But... I think Luca will be the third leading scorer on the Mavs this year. Who do you think's top two? Dennis and Barnes? Harrison. Yeah. See, I think Is Luka, that I think Luca passes Dennis. Because you're talking Dennis, okay. Dennis fifteen points a game last year and like a thirty nine or twenty nine percent usage. He's not gonna get that this year. He's not gonna get that many uh, attempts. I think his percentages will go up though. You hope so. You do hope so. Yeah. So yeah, best case scenario, he holds his ground defensively. He has this 16, 8, and 6 stat line. He shoots it, you know, 38% from behind the you know three-point line. Um, he fits with Dennis in that LeBron Kyrie type of mold, this playmaking, you know, 
wing, six uh, eight guy with this with a scoring point guard and rookie of the year playoffs, all this different stuff. Best case scenario, let's do it. Let's do it. We're excited. We're ready for Luka Doncic season. We're ready for we're ready for basketball, guys. We're so close. Five days, like I said, five days from watching a basketball game that doesn't really matter and doesn't have real implications, but it is basketball. It is basketball, and just the vibe around everything. Everybody's just so excited for it, and just so excited to see how the team's going to go. The bench unit is super excited. I know JJ Bray was talking about that today at practice of just like they're excited. You know, they get to, you know they have Dirk. It's like they get a new toy, and Dirk Nowitzki coming off the bench with them, and like you know they're big buddies. And this bench unit of Finney Smith and Brokoff and JJ and Dirk and Dwight and there's this all these different guys. The, some of these young guys. How's the starting unit going to look like? What's Wesley Matthews going to look like? Like I honestly think Wes could step out there and like shock a lot of people just so how he looks and moves and everything. And I'm like, wow, like this looks like a Portland Wesley Matthews. Like this is really intriguing. And yeah, but obviously, I mean, Luca. What is Luca going to look like uh, Saturday? And it's it's going to be exciting to watch for sure. We're so excited, guys! Thanks so much for sticking with us, and thank you. We are we were ranked the sixth highest podcast in all of the Locked On Network as far as downloads slash listens last week. Uh, that is because of you guys. That is because of the Raccoon Squad, guys. Thank you so much. And honestly, this is the highest that we'll ever get. <laughs> I don't think we can get any higher than this because the top five that were above us were Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy, Locked On Jazz, which started the whole network, and then uh, Locked On Lakers and Locked On Celtics. I don't think we're breaking through any of those. I think that yeah. I think we can try our artist. Uh, I think there's a big gap. There's let's just put this this way. I think we get we we you know have exponential potential, whatever. But. There's a significant gap between where we are and where, where they are. Uh, it would take a lot to bridge that gap. So let's start working on it. Let's start, you know, uh, let's start trying to bridge that gap. So, But we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate, again, everybody that, that tuned into the live stream. We're definitely going to keep trying to do that. And uh, we're back five days a week. And then uh, I think we're going to do post-game after the uh, – I think we're going to do a post-game, po- like, reaction podcast after the, the – the, uh, um, Beijing the, game, the Beijing game, and the and the other um, preseason games. I forgot the word preseason just now. I don't know, <laughs> no, I forgot that word preseason. But after those, because I know that people, as soon as it's done, are like, I want to, I want to listen to something. I want to, you know, I want to listen to yeah. a podcast. So we, we understand that we wanted, we want to do that as well. So, um, man, we're back. We're we're so excited. This season's gonna be great. And uh, have a good Monday, guys. Have a good Monday. Hey, we have some cool things planned. We already had Ryan broke off on the pod. Uh, Luca for a couple minutes the other day, yeah. uh, chatting about his move to Dallas and his dog and uh, random stuff. So you can listen to those pods. We got some cool guests lined up. We have some cool ideas lined up for the season. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun year for. Lockdown oh, yeah, by the Irish. way, the other I know. Okay, the the real like day one Raccoon Squad listeners will know will know this reference. But the other like a couple pods ago. We referenced something really big as far as a guest, somebody that was booked that we were talking about. It was not Ryan Pokoff or Luka Doncic. <laughs> uh, no, it was not. Even though Luka is a big guest, uh, it was yeah. not. It was not. That was not this planned is, either. This, yeah, those were not planned. Uh, this one's getting planned and uh, is in is yeah all that stuff. So it's going to be a fun year. 
and we're excited to bring it to you. Very excited. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>